With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs and Rob How with you once again. Rob, how are you doing, man? Good. I know it's Monday, so that's uh, half the battle, knowing what day it is, right? <laughs> exactly. It seems like, a, <laughs> I had somebody say, it's it's like Groundhog Day, and it, that's exactly how I've been feeling. It's it's interesting. We can all kind of have that same uh, feeling where, and it just t- shows you how, our, in our normal lives, how much of our, kind of what we do is dictated by what day it is. But yeah, almost every day I'm waking up like, okay, what, what day is it today? Although Mondays still feel like Mondays to me, so yeah. Not everything yeah. has changed. Without question. Yeah, and, and I know you're doing some homeschool stuff, and we do the homeschool stuff, so we can kind of get a get feedback from the kids what day it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the only thing that keeps it normal, because it's just like, other than, not, not, other than them not leaving the house, they're still kind of squirrely because it's Monday and they have a full week of school ahead. Yes, exactly. You know, it's uh, at least we had some good weather this weekend, got to get outside a little bit, enjoy that. Um, you, you finished any new puzzles lately or anything like that i'm working on one that's a bit uh i've it's been over a week now i think and i i'm you know i'm kind of you kind of walk by and okay i'll sit down and do a little bit and then like i think we've talked about you know a couple hours later you're oh oh, wow i've done a whole (laughs) lot here but uh yeah still working a lot of it's a it's i think it's a like a beach like a beach type puzzle and there's a lot of blue man and green and when you get those puzzles where there's just dominated by a color or two it's just i realize how hard it is yeah you get to the point where you just yeah you like taking every piece and just trying to connect it to every other piece and (laughs) just you know run until you run out of options uh in in the broader sports world we we lost one golf major as the british open officially canceled uh, this morning but we may have gained one back as the masters plans to play in november and man if if everything goes well and we do get to come out of this at some point this summer, and all these sports do come back, and we do have football and, and all of this. <laughs> this fall is going to be nuts uh, with the sports schedule. Uh, all these leagues are going to try to get, get these games in. The, 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 the Masters will be playing in November. It's going to get really interesting this, this fall. It'll be kind of fun to see, hopefully, if, uh, if we get there. Yeah, it's interesting, those sports like golf and horse racing that usually – take the spotlight in you know the may or summer months tennis uh you know now they're gonna have to compete with college football the nfl if like you said things um 
you know, return to normal or somewhat normal at some point in the fall, end of summer, fall, whenever it does. But uh, I think we'll go from not having anything to kind of sensory overload. (laughs) I think you're probably (laughs) right. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, Well, let's uh, get into some Hawkeye sports. We had uh, quite a few things happen over the past week since you and I have gotten back together. Uh, Kirk Ferentz had a a teleconference, a a press conference last week. We we certainly learned that Kirk is taking this seriously, as as he should. You know, he's one of the more influential voices in the state. But um, I, I thought I thought it was great the way he. Uh, you know, didn't downplay this at all, and and really tried to kind of uh, keep things in perspective as far as. It'd be easy, I think, for a football coach, and we're seeing one down in Clemson who's kind of doing this, uh, to, to make it seem like if football like like football is the most important thing right now. And I, I thought it was great for Kirk to, to make it very clear that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is listening to these experts, these doctors, uh, social distancing and, and trying to you know flatten this curve and, and keep everybody healthy. Football will come when football comes, and uh, I'm sure Kirk is more anxious for that than just about anybody. But I did, I did think he, he came off very well last week uh, in that press conference just kind of keeping things in perspective yeah I agree Andrew I think it's you know you, you kind of put your priorities in order and he's been able to do that and is continuing to do that and putting you know the health and well-being both physical and mental of his team and his coaches ahead of everything else other than you know X and O and trying to cram in maybe some you know online position meetings he's just not into that right now and he made a good point of saying that the time they are missing now with spring practice can't be made up from in a zoom meeting or you know doing a fa- facetime or something like that and it's more important that his players wherever they are he said i think he said about 16 and eight to 18 players are still in the iowa city area many of them are guys that are from this area uh and then spencer petrus the quarterback uh is from northern california and obviously things are not good out there and then amir smith marset senior wide receivers from New Jersey. Obviously, the pandemic is hitting there pretty hard. Both of those guys and the coaches felt they would be better off here. Um, And for the guys that are here, they can schedule – times to go over to the football facility and pick up, you know, get things for their nutritional needs if they make appointments, but all of the facility is closed down. They can't use the weight room or any of that. So um, I thought it was interesting, you know, Coach Doyle has actually reached out to everybody and figured out what they have in terms of capability of working out and then adjusted a workout around that. Some, Some guys may have access to, you know, a weight room in their house or, you know, Uh, at the high school or wherever you know they can get in there by themselves but some people don't have that some of the players don't have that and and they've been able to design workouts for each guy based on what he has available to him so they've they've i think that's the most important thing for them is keeping guys in physical and mental health and like you said andrew they'll get to the x's and o's in the 
Yeah, and, and with the, without like a, a training table, you know, for for the guys who aren't in Iowa City anymore, you just don't know what kind of situation all these guys are, are returning home to. Uh, a lot of them, as you said, don't have you know weight rooms in their basement or or access to facilities like that, and some of them may not have access to the the amount of food that that they're used to or that they need to keep weight on or put weight on. It's going to be interesting to see kind of all of the tentacles of this thing as we hopefully get into some more more normal things. Um, there, there will be a lot of kind of cool stories that come out of this, and I think you just kind of touched on one that uh, you know somebody will will certainly do this, and it'll be interesting to see uh, you know a guy like Coach Doyle. How does he? You know, uh, how, how does he make up a a fitness regimen for somebody who doesn't have access to the the typical things? Uh, you, you know, are there going to be guys out in their backyards, you know, throwing random things around or you know pushing pushing tires, you know, back and forth around the backyard? It'll just be it'll be interesting to see kind of how people stay in shape, how these teams uh, stay together with their players, and then hopefully you know get back together at some point here in the in the summer and and start to kick things up for. For, for football, do you have any sense, Rob, of, of when you think things would have to get back up and running? Like, when would the players have to be allowed back on campus? And, you know, I mean, really groups of 100 allowed to meet together for a practice for football to, to get started on time in late August, early September. Yeah, I, I thought, again, Coach Ferentz had a, a really good, you know, perspective on that in terms of um, – saying we just don't know i mean it can happen you you just have to kind of see how this thing plays out and i think we're all in that mode but what i found most interesting from his teleconferences is the time table in their heads and there i mean he and coach doyle have discussed okay when we get back when we reconvene what type of timetable do we need and kirk indicated at minimum four weeks with the strength and conditioning department just to get in good enough football shape to get on the field to be able to practice and hit and have contact and and be safe in that regard so if you put it at say july 1st that you know say the ncaa says okay we're going to open things up in the summer to let teams get ready for the season if you say july 1st then you have the four weeks in july to get back in condition get back into shape which would give you the august you know beginning of august start date for regular training camp because then you're going to need another month beyond that Mm. for practice to get ready for a season so july 1st to me seems like the cutoff date where they would have to be able to get back to be able to start the season on time if because you got to do it the right way you don't want to put anybody in danger by trying to rush back to the field so that's what makes me think that there's a really good chance that the season could be condensed. Maybe the non-conference games are taken off the table and they start maybe, you know, middle September, beginning of October with games because the July 1st start date for everybody to be back on campus and going through just seems really, really ambitious to me with where things are at right now that does yeah um you know our friend john miller was tweeting about this uh last week he said he was thinking about kirk ferentz he's never had this much time away from football probably ever um and you know john was thinking hey maybe this gives kirk a a glimpse of retirement and maybe he he either likes it and you know we he heads that way a little sooner than maybe we thought or he may not like it at all and stick around for another five years it'll be interesting to kind of see (laughs) you know because kirk he 
he'll tell you he's watching more TV than he ever has. They put out a, a picture of him out doing yard work. We had him on the radio show last week, and you know at the end he said, ah, "I got to get outside and do some more yard work." Um, but but I would imagine a guy like that who's done this for this long, this has to be pretty irritating to just kind of be out of touch, uh, maybe out of your office for as long as as he has been. Yeah, he said he's watched more TV in the last two and a half weeks than he has in 15 years, and I <laughs> totally believe that. If you've ever interviewed Kirk or been around him, you know he's there's a lot of what's going on in the the world of like entertainment and things that we use kind of you know to be entertained. It's not something that he's tuned into a whole lot, <laughs> and I thought the interesting part was you know when when he was asked last week you know what he's doing he's trying to find he said he's trying to find ways to be productive but that's just kind of the way he's wired and for him productive is going into the office and working and now he's trying to find things away from the office to keep himself productive you know such as yard work he mentioned us cleaning out the closets (laughs) things like that so um and i think we're all i think we can all relate to that we're all going through um you know this thing where we're trying to find things to keep ourselves busy and, and keep ourselves you know mentally healthy and i'm sure he's probably going through that as well and if i were to guess and this is complete speculation i would think the time at home would um maybe encourage him to want to coach more yeah I, I, <laughs> I would agree take on yeah it. i would agree as well um yeah we, and we talk about kind of we're all going through this one of the things we're all going through is the, the financial impact of this uh on our economy but also you know personally and you know no, nobody's going to cry a river for it football programs and Division One athletic departments that are going to have to tighten their belts a little bit, but we did see from Iowa State last week uh, quite a bit of belt tightening. Um, a, some some salary reductions, some uh, elimination of bonuses, uh, and, and Jamie Pollard, who you know, say what you want about him. At, at, he shines, I, th- I believe, at times like this where he's just brutally honest. And one of the things he talked about was, you know, the the five million dollars that Iowa State lost on not having the Big Big Twelve and NCAA tournaments. But then beyond that, you know, let's say there's no football. What what does that do? And and then just. The economic impact of their partners and their fans. You know, it, it is going to be harder to convince people to come in and buy season tickets. It is going to be tougher for families to find that extra money to, you know, buy tickets and donate money and uh, buy gear and just all of this stuff. The the financial impact of this is is going to be great. We just don't know exactly how every school is going to deal with it. Um, you you mentioned something about Gary Barta sending a letter last week. Um, have you heard anything? Do you expect anything coming soon from Iowa, similar to what Iowa State did last week uh, of announcing some kind of salary changes or some belt tightening? Yeah, I think they're probably still working through that. And as you said, I, I there are things about Jamie Pollard that I that rub me the wrong way at times. But for the most part, he is proactive when it comes to situations like this. And I I applaud him for what he's doing to try to. And in fairness, his department is a little bit more dependent on the things like you know filling the stands and. Uh, apparel sales, yeah. things like that. I think it, that stuff's a little bit more easy. He doesn't have the Big Ten network. He doesn't have some of those, you know, inherent advantages that you do for being in the Big Ten. But um, I'm hoping um, Gary 
is being proactive behind the scenes. He's pretty good. One of the, you know, one of his stre- his strengths is managing the department financially and and raising money and things like that. So hopefully he's looking at all you know, available avenues to him in terms of keeping that together. But um, I asked Kirk about it last week and he really didn't have any answers. I mean, it's so hard to know what it's going to take, but I would agree with you, Andrew. I think there's probably going to be some salary cuts. Unfortunately, people in the athletic department are probably going to lose their jobs. Um, you know, and and I, we still don't we still don't know how long this is going to last and what the impact is going to be. I mean, maybe when they start games again, fans won't even be allowed in Kinnick Stadium. Yeah. So, you know, how do you measure that, or when will they be allowed, and when will they be allowed in Carver and things like that? So, um, we there's just so many unknowns with this. But hopefully, Gary is behind the scenes crunching numbers. He sent out a letter last week that basically just told people that you know they're in this together and they're trying to figure out ways to, you know, get back together when, when sports gets back together and tried to, it was just more of a, you know, state of Mm -hmm. we're, we're doing okay. Hope, hope you're doing okay. And, and, you know, we'll get back together at some point. That's good. Yeah. Some, some communication there. I also saw that the ladies football Academy, uh, which has been a really popular thing uh, that Mary Ferentz puts together and, and they donate a lot of money to the, the children's hospital there in Iowa city that has been postponed. I think this was going to be the final year of the ladies football Academy uh, and that has been postponed until next June. So I don't know if that'll be the final year then next year uh, or if they've made that decision. But I know that's something that uh, a lot of people have, have had a lot of fun with. I, I think the players have had as much fun probably as the, the women who take part in that. I know we've had Mary Ferentz on the radio over here in Des Moines uh, just about every year talking about that. And uh, always looks like a cool thing. I, I know that uh, our wives you know, around here have done it and really enjoyed it. So that's postponed then until next June. Just kind of another, uh, another thing to fall, right? It just it feels like the further we go, the more things are just being pushed back, uh, if not outright canceled. Yeah, and that's kind of the, I think, the mode we're in. We're just kind of taking it day by day and seeing, you know, these organizations and, you know, sports decide as things go along they try to let it go as long as they can before they come to the point where okay this isn't going to work and uh, i think that's the right way to do it i mean we've seen uh, you talked about you know you you referred you didn't name him by name but dabo sweeney who <laughs> i don't know what he's thinking i don't either. you know came out and was like yeah i don't think there's going to be any delay in the season everything's going to go on as normal i don't think that's smart and i also don't think people like kirk kirk herb street coming out saying there's not going to be a football season just let it play out. You yep. don't need to make these grand statements and, you know, edicts and what have you that this is the way it's going to be. We just we don't know, man. We're in uncharted territory. And let's just let this play out. And I'm of the mind. that Let's stay positive. Let's hope, you know, until they tell me otherwise, I'm going to I'm going to hope that whatever season has not been canceled yet will still come at us in in some way shape or form i agree you know that's something we've been talking about over here a little bit is and i've just been talking with friends about it is kind of how 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 your mindset is and and how you choose to view these things and 
you know, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm staying positive. I'm not allowing myself to get to the point where I'm thinking that football season is going to be canceled. But then I have other people who say, well, you know, I like to you know expect the worst and hope for the best. That that sort of a thing. So it's certainly. But gonna, I think I think we all know that it's a possibility, yeah, and that's sure. fine. I think that's uh, you and I are on the <laughs> you and I are on the same wavelength here. We are. We know we know there's a chance there's not going to be football, but there's a chance that there could be football. So why put it in your mind that there's not going to be? Exactly. You have enough things to stress about right now. Uh, you don't need to throw that on top of that. Well, Rob, as we sit here on uh, on Monday, April 6th, we may have been cheering on the uh, Hawkeyes in the national championship tonight, for all we know. I mean, you know, you, you never know. It, it was, it's, hey, it's possible. Um, Lenardi released a... Um, a uh, a way too early bracket yesterday. Did you see that? I did not. No. Iowa as a three seed in the South region oh. of Memphis taking on Wright State. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let's do guess it. Guess who's guess who the one and two seeds are in this region? Who? Kentucky's the one seed and Kansas is the two Ooh. seed. And Iowa's the three. Oh seed. come on, Joe. <laughs> come on, Lenardi. Help us out a little bit. Throw us a bone. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, oh well. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we'll have a bracket next year to, to be talking about. Um, uh, but but talking a little bit of basketball here. Luca Garza again loses to Opie Toppin in a national award. This time it was the Naismith Award last week. Um, I think I said this last Monday. I'm not surprised by this anymore. And I think we could. Yeah, I I thought about doing this today. I was like, you know, maybe I should just go in and, you know, pick out a handful of days and look at who they played and what what these guys. But you know, we we know the numbers, Rob. We we know that Luca Garza put up better numbers against much more difficult competition uh, in in a historically great Big Ten. Uh, we know what he did, and we know that. Dayton was a better team, or at least on paper were a better team. They had a better record and a better ranking and were slated higher in bracketology for the NCAA tournament. Obi Toppin will, is likely a top 10 pick in the NBA draft. And you know, as we sit here today, it seems like he's more... Um, capable of having a, a long NBA career than, than Luka Garza is. It's just, I'm still going to get upset tomorrow when Obi Toppin wins the Wooden Award. It's, you're just not going to get me or many Iowa fans that I see on Twitter, obviously, uh, and, and on the forum at Hawkeye Nation. You're just not going to get us off this. this we're we're going to die on this hill, and I, I feel like it's a hill that we are going to die on, especially tomorrow when the Wooden Award comes out. I just don't expect Luka Garza to, to get that kind of a, a national award at this point when he hasn't really won any of the, the other big ones. Now, I think of the six awards that are handed out to make up the consensus player of the year, Luca's won one, the sporting news player of the year. Mm-hmm. And then the the other four have gone to, to top end. And then tomorrow, obviously, the wooden would be the sixth one. Um, and I'm like you. I'm At this point, I'm prepared for it to be Obi Toppin. And I'd be more surprised if it's Luca. And uh, like we talked about last week, I, I hope it's not, and, and there's no way of knowing what you know it, for each award. What is what each voters, um, you know, what their parameters are, what their what they what they feel is 
you know makes a player worthy of player of the year um you would have to go through a lot of different minds but i think if you just take a a a broad look at it to me the only thing that makes sense and i would hope people aren't voting based on who's going to have a better nba career i maybe that does play in but this is a college basketball award to me it's got to come down to the success of their teams you know whereas dayton's a one or two seed um I was probably a six or seven seed, depending on what would have happened in the Big Ten tournament, uh, and had 11 losses. And again, it's still apples and oranges because you don't know what Dayton would have done in the Big Ten. It certainly wouldn't have been a one or two seed, but you can't play that game. And right now, that's the only thing, that's the only way that I can rationalize this, Andrew, is that Dayton was the better team and therefore Toppin is getting these awards. And, you know, not to take anything away from Obi and he had a fantastic season, you know, and, and I, I feel like too often we, we live in this binary society where it's it's definitely one or it's definitely the other. You know, two things can be true. They can both have great seasons, and, and they certainly did. Uh, it's just it's going to be hard for Iowa fans to swallow when you saw the best season an Iowa player has had in, in decades. Uh, in, and, it's in, a, in, and it was interesting, too. I was watching, I don't know if you were watching uh, in real time, the Naismith Trophy Award <laughs> the was. other day. Yeah. Did you watch it? I, I in, did, in real yeah. Time? So they were showing highlights of each of the five candidates. And I thought to myself, you know, Peyton Pritchard for Oregon had a really good year. Yeah. And Miles Power, Powell from Seton Hall had a really good year. And Marcus Howard for Marquette averaged like 28 points a game. That's the thing. It's not, you know, we're not just looking at this and saying, you know, it, it's not so it's not cut and dry. It just to me, when you look at if you, if you look at this objectively and what Garza did in the Big Ten against that type of competition on a night in and night out basis on a team that was devastated by injury. And maybe we're just too close to this, Andrew. We know all these things. Yeah. And the people that are voting aren't digging in as much as we know. That that's I think that's part of it as well. You know, it's it's really easy to just kind of look at the overall resumes of both players and say, well, one guy was on a top five team and the other guy wasn't. Um and the bright spot for Iowa is if Luka Garza does come back, it doesn't feel like anything that happened this year was real fluky with him. It does feel now. I, I don't know that you expect him to put up the kind of numbers he did again this season. That's that's a big expectation to put on a guy, but it feels repeatable. And and it, he did it night in and night out with 16 straight games with 20 or more points. Uh, many of those against ranked teams. Many of those on the road in in a, in a really tough league. So. Um, it's not like Luca Garza had some fluky season where something happened and and he just you know fell into these kinds of numbers. He put these numbers up, and you're seeing it if you if you follow Frank Garza on Twitter, you see it every day. Uh, the amount of work this kid puts in. Um, so if he does come back next season, while he may not be a favorite for Player of the Year uh, by by the end of the season, he certainly will be going into the year. And and I think all this is is repeatable. Although I, as I, as I said, I hesitate to expect a guy to put up you know historic numbers multiple seasons in a row yeah and hopefully Iowa can take a little weight off his shoulders with you know if Bohannon comes back strong and and Nunji and Patrick McCaffrey gets back in there uh, and then you got the five freshmen coming in hopefully Iowa doesn't need to rely on Luka as much as it did this season if it has to you it's great I mean that you have a guy that can 
can carry that load, but it'd probably be nice to not have to rely on one guy so much and make it difficult, more difficult for teams to come up with a scouting report to, to defend and to, to compete against Iowa. And like you said, I mean, if he brings that hook shot in yeah. and that like 25, 30 foot jumper that they, that Frank's been showing on the video, I don't know how you're going to be able to guard the guy. It's going to be really, really interesting. You know, I, I asked this almost in jest on the radio this last week. And although it's, it's so hard because again, we don't know how everything is going to play out, but Iowa's basketball season next year. That that's the thing I don't want to miss right now. Um, obviously, I want football to happen. I, I want baseball to happen. I want it all to come back as quickly as possible. But man, I like really the thing I'm most afraid of as an Iowa fan right now isn't a shortened football season or or something impacting the football season. It's something impacting next basketball season because things are set up right now uh, in a way that uh, they haven't been in in decades and. I just want to see this team play. I want to see what they can do. I want to see Fran get to a Sweet 16 and beyond. I want to see uh, Patrick McCaffrey out on the floor. I want to see Jabo his senior season. Uh, I'm just I'm so excited for this upcoming basketball season. Uh, I think this is a team that can live up to the hype. When when a lot of Iowa teams, really in many sports, uh, fail to meet expectations, uh, I think this is a team that can meet these expectations. And so, really, like the thing I'm uh, like the in the back of my head, biggest fear. Is is that something will impact next basketball season, not next football season? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's, I think, April 26th, unless they adjust this because of obviously what's going on right now in the NBA and they switch where the draft is and cutoffs and dates like that. April 26th is a date where uh, underclassmen have to announce whether or not they're going to be in the draft. So we still have uh, several more weeks here before we find out for sure what Luca. And uh, and they they obviously they can say that they're going to go through the process and still come back to school. Yes. But we could also learn by the 26th that they're not even going to because of the way things are going and we don't know what the pre-draft draft process is going to be like. That they may, you know, Luca and Joe Wieskamp may say, "Listen, the heck with it. We're not going to. We don't know what the process is going to be. We don't want to go through it." Um, so that'll be interesting to keep an eye on here for the rest of the month. If if one of those or both of those guys makes that announcement and uh because obviously that's a huge impact on what the expectations will be next season for iowa basketball i did see today uh caesars international i believe it was put out um over under for wins for big 10 football and they had iowa at seven. Oh, man i'll take the over on that all day <laughs> you, you give me anything other than eight, I'll, I'll take the over. <laughs> Tough schedule this year, though. It at is. Penn State, at Ohio State. It certainly is. And I guess it, it depends. I'm, I'm assuming they play all 12 games to get that. I think get that's, that. yeah. I, you'd be, yeah, if they only play a nine-game schedule and you weird. put money down on the eight, you'd be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. You, well, one guy, Rob, that we know won't be in a Hawkeye uniform next basketball season is Cordell Pemsel. Uh, he, he has entered the transfer portable. It's understandable, but it's too bad. It's a shame. Yeah, I love this kid. I love his heart. Um, I'm one who really does think it makes an impact to have Iowa kids on your roster, uh, certainly in that Cyhawk game. But even even beyond that, just the the pride and uh, you know ownership that that uh, puts into a program. And I think he maybe more than anybody in recent years has has really kind of embodied that uh, the toughness he's had, his heart, um, you know the the moments he's had against Iowa State, things like that. The three he hit this year was just a lot of fun. Um, I, I like Cordell Pemsel, loved him as a freshman. He's had his ups and 
and downs. He's had some off the court issues and and definitely some injury problems. But it's a uh, it's a shame that he won't be finishing his career as a Hawkeye. Yeah, I don't think any of us were really surprised by the news that he was going to try to get somewhere because you look at it, Andrew, he played, I think, like 12 and a half minutes a game this year. And granted, as you said, he wasn't completely healthy all the time. And then he had the off-court driving with a suspended license, which was a product of getting, you know, driving under the influence that happened back in the fall. So he did have some transgressions off of the court, um, but well, really well-liked in the locker room, was a glue guy, a vocal guy, a guy that the his teammates really loved um, and really wore you know that Hawkeye heart on his sleeve he was an Iowa guy through and through and I tweeted this I remember the night he committed to Iowa doing the story on him and he was emotional about you know being a Hawkeye it's you know he grew up in Dubuque went to Dubuque Wallert in-state kid as you said uh, that really helped when you look at it, he's he's one of the pieces that helped this program. You know, it kind of hit it kind of hit a spot. You know, in between uh, Fran's tenure here, where they hit kind of a rough spot and didn't make the tournament, but they kind of got it going back here in recent years. Uh, the last couple years, getting back to the tournament, and he's been a part of that. And um, he'll be missed. I think he definitely will be missed. And you just you never know where. You know, injuries are going to happen. And, you know, he'd have been a fifth year senior and he it would have been nice to have him on the bench next year as a guy that could come in and and help. And he was kind of an enforcer type. Uh, when he got on the floor, he, he brought kind of an attitude and edge with him that other players fed off. I'll be interested to see. I saw I think it was two, four, seven. David Eichholt for uh the 247 Iowa site had some schools that uh, that are showing some interest, and Drake was one of them. Mm. Uh, it would be interesting to see if he goes in there with them losing Liam Robbins, if he kind of can step in there and be that inside presence for them. But like Virginia Tech, there were there were some high major programs interested as, as well, and that doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me either. You know, I think I think it's easy on the surface to say, well, he didn't play a ton this year, even even with a shortened bench, and and he probably you know will have even fewer opportunities next year if, if everybody comes back and is healthy uh, but you, you look at I just pulled up like the the Iowa website the HawkeyeSports.com website uh, just to, to kind of look at his career and just in this season uh, recorded three eight rebound games against number 15 Maryland number 25 Ohio State number 24 Michigan State dished out four assists in, uh, assists in three contests number 12 Maryland number 19 Illinois Northwestern uh, made all three field goals and grabbed six rebounds in a home win over number 16 Penn State made all six free throw attempts at Purdue uh, season high four assists in a victory over number 19 Illinois season high 25 minutes in a win over number 12 Maryland registering four assists so uh, you know, first career pointer in a win over number 12 Maryland these are big moments in big games he, he, he didn't play a ton but when he did you felt good with him out there for the most part he, you know he had a few stretches this season that weren't great but that's a lot of ranked teams on that list, Rob. You know, you, you look at where he where he did have an impact, and those were a lot of big games and a lot of big wins for Iowa this season. You wonder where they are without him. And so, while it's certainly not the end of the world uh, for him to be leaving, I also think it's it's easy to just kind of say, "Well, no big deal." I, I do think it is it, not a big deal, but but it is a deal. And, and I, I do think, as you said, he will be missed. His kind of steady presence as a fifth year senior will be missed, and somebody will, will pick him up. And uh, I, I think he'll. Do well next year somewhere else and you can't assume that he, i mean this is i think we this gets lost on folks sometimes guys get better in college that's the idea they get better year to year yes 
he would have been a better player next year yeah. and he would have you know maybe some of the 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 things that he struggled with at times this year the you know you know untimely turnovers things like that you clean up once you get back in a rhythm he missed the whole year so he was still trying to get back into a rhythm this year and he and he did as the season went on this year then he he could build off that next year so i i'm with you i think that there's a there's a program that's going to get a guy who's ready to uh to play his best basketball as a fifth-year senior. And that leaves Iowa, uh, what, full on scholarships. Is, is that correct? Correct. They're at 13 right now, and, and there is flexibility, as we've talked about with the McCaffreys, if, if the right player were to come along. But I, right now, I just... Fran is kind of like Kirk in that chemistry mm-hmm. and you know the locker room are the most important things in terms of building a team and then going from there. Obviously, you have to have talented players, but they're real choosy when it comes to who they're going to put in that locker room. And that's not saying that anybody out there right now is a bad guy or a bad fit, but that's they're they're really. Fran is very particular when it comes to that. That's why Bakari Evelyn was the first grad transfer that came in, and and that and we saw he was a guy that fit, and that's what they're going to look for. So, you never know. And we're really, in, as we've talked about throughout the podcast, we're in uncertain times in terms of guys going into the portal, what the timetable is for when sports are going to come back. So it's hard to really say that Iowa's roster is set. But I would be more surprised now if somebody's added than not. Yeah, I, w- I would as well. You know, unless you know DJ Carton does decide that, that he wants to come to Iowa, I'm sure they they, they would find room for a player of that caliber. But uh, I, I agree with you, and I think um, a lot of the issue going into next season is going to be how you're going to get all these guys minutes. I don't see a grad transfer or anything like that coming in. Um, it, there's just not room right now. You, you mentioned quickly Liam Rob Liam Robinson who left Drake. He left Drake Saturday, landed at Minnesota Sunday. <laughs> Um, seven foot, two thirty-five pound, fourteen points, seven rebounds, three blocks a game last year as a sophomore. Really kind of blossomed at Drake. Didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of interest coming out of high school. Uh, got picked up by by Darren DeVries and Drake, and, and had a good couple of seasons. Uh, and now is headed to the Big Ten, and we will see him. Uh, as I said, I'm, I'm assuming most of these guys are going to get waivers, so I'm assuming we'll see Liam, Ro- Liam Robinson in a Gopher uniform uh, this winter. Yeah, and that will be interesting. It's it's kind of a bummer for you know guys like Coach DeVries because you, you get a kid like this who's you know not really in the best of shape coming out of the Quad Cities, and you bring him in and you develop him, and then he leaves. You know, and it's kind of. It, you know, it, it, there's nothing you can do about it and you know the athlete you want the best for him and you want you know they should be allowed to play at the highest level they're allowed to play at um, but this is just kind of it's kind of crappy for the, the you know the mid-major schools when things like this happen but it's kind of uh, the food chain right Andrew yeah it, it depends on where you are in the food chain and if you're one of the big fish you usually are the ones that uh, get to eat up the, the, the small Fish. Yeah, and, and it's, I don't think it's going anywhere. You know, it feels like this is just, especially if they if they do, um, you know, allow the one time transfer with no penalty. It really feels like this this type of story, especially, and and the other way, you know, with a, a guy like Pemsel who's played a few years at right. a big school and, and will go make an impact at a smaller school. But I think we'll see a lot of guys who didn't get high major looks out of high school 
come in and prove in their first couple, you know, two or three seasons that uh, you know maybe they've grown into their body, maybe they've figured a few things out. We've seen how guys can improve, uh, and then they'll get scooped up by these big programs. And uh, it's we it's, had that uh, we had that in football last year. Zach yeah. Van Valkenburg, the kid from a division, you know, he was a Division two All American in in Michigan at Hinsdale, and then Iowa ended up bringing him in as a as a grad transfer. He graduated in three years, and then Iowa gets him for a couple of years. So it works for everybody. And, yes. uh, you know, you would say, well, that stinks, but it, that, it, I'm of the belief and I'm one of those people that whatever's best, best for the athlete, these yes. guys are unpaid. Yeah. They get scholarships, but they're unpaid labor in a lot of positions. So whatever they can get, that's the best for them. I'm for, I, I agree with you. And, and I do, I, I get why yeah, Drake fans would be upset, why the coaching staff may even be upset or, or at least kind of hurt by this. Or as you said, it's kind of a crappy situation for them, but ultimately, the the trump card here is what's best for the kid and it, it's it's it'd be impossible to just say well yeah we know you're really good and we know your uncle coaches in minnesota and you have a chance to go play in the big 10 but you made a commitment you got to stay here in des moines at drake and you know be eighth place in the valley it's just just not a not a reasonable thing to ask anybody uh, and i think going to minnesota probably gets him away if he were to go, have gone to iowa or iowa state it yes. probably would have been a lot more messy yeah i think you're exactly right and you know may have bought rick patino uh, another year here. It'll be interesting to see if if, if Patina's the coach for Leon Robinson's uh, two years at at Minnesota. And I, I think this uh, this pandemic, for as terrible as it's been, has probably saved a couple people their jobs. Rick Patino maybe being one of them. Richard yeah. Patino, that is. Um, all right, Rob. Well, a, a lot going on. HawkeyeNation.com. I know you got some pieces up. Um, on, on some recruits. I know you're doing the the, the mailbag podcast and uh, a lot of other stuff going on. I thought Rick Brown had a great story on Connor McCaffrey losing out essentially on, on two seasons. Obviously, didn't lose out on the regular season of basketball, but uh, the kind of double whammy of learning you're not playing in the Big Ten tournament, you're not playing in the NCAA tournament, and oh yeah, your baseball season is canceled as well. Um, I thought that was a great, great piece by him, but a lot going on, on the site right now. Yeah, and I encourage people to read that piece by Rick Brown. He's really some interesting insight from Connor, kind of what he's going through. And he's a he's a deanless student too in the Tippy Business School, so you know it's affecting him in that way as well from an academic standpoint. So. Um, you know he he's he's impacted on several fronts, and then we, yeah, we do have a lot of recruiting stories. Dave Schwartz did a did a column on on Kirk Ferentz's press conference and Cordell leaving, so that was uh, what we ran yesterday. We're still doing position previews. Uh, we're doing some recruiting uh, prospect podcasts, uh, some Hawkeye history podcasts, the Mailbag podcast. So yeah, pretty pretty much Andrew a steady stream of content on Hawkeye Nation. If people are looking uh, for a little bit of a escape you know like, like we talked about at the top it's monday it's going to be a long week yes yes it is so escape with us here at hawkeye nation rob thank you as ever stay safe be healthy and uh we'll talk throughout the week we'll uh, we'll get back to doing this again next week sounds good andrew good to talk to you good to talk to you man thank you for listening and go hawks <laughs>